0: Cheating itself is about lying to the person that you're with and breaking an agreement. It's not about the quantity of humans that you are having meaningful experiences of pleasure with.
1: True, because in, quote, straight monogamous world, not even straight, just monogamous world, let's say that. There's always this thing of while you're dating, the conversation of when are we exclusive? Yes. When are we not seeing other people, sleeping with other people? and. You know, New York City life is like, until you have that conversation, you essentially assume they are. Right. until like there's no way for you to know until the person says to you, hey, this is just me and you now. And well, you get that agreement.
0: And that's one of the things that I love about non-monogamy is that you have that conversation on your first date. On your hmm. very, very first date, it's like, what what are we looking for here? Yeah. Because there's no you like, for example, I don't I have three primary partners. Mm-hmm. I do not want another primary partner, right? I do not want someone to move in with us. I don't want to raise kids with anyone else. So if someone is looking for a primary partner, I am not the person Mm -hmm. that conversation needs to happen either before the first date or on the first date.
1: What's up everybody? Welcome back to Shooters has Gotta Shoot. I am your host Erica Spira and we have a repeat guest for you guys this week. Uh, one of our favorites, one of our most interesting episodes, we have Rachel Wright on the show. If you did not hear our first episode with her, please check it out. It's very interesting. We talked to her all about being polyamorous slash ethically non-monogamous. What all that means, how her and her partner started opening up their relationship, and things like that. It's episode number eighty-nine. Check that out. Uh, It was back when Molly was on the show with me. We had a great time talking to Rachel. She was, she is very interesting, and also her lifestyle is very interesting, right? Especially, you know, I'm a monogamous person. Most people we have on the show are monogamous. So hey, if you have any ethically non-monogamous friends or people you know that have thought about opening up their relationship, these are the two episodes for you. So episode number 89 and our episode today, not only is Rachel on the podcast, but when she showed up to record, she had one of her partners with her. So I asked him, I said, would you also want to be on the episode? I'd love to get your perspective and all this and also a male perspective. And he said, sure. So I got two polyamorous people for you this week and we get all into their relationship. What has uh, changed since our last episode and also how they're now navigating uh, having children in essentially their foursome now. Two couples together, living together. It's uh, I want to say it's crazy, but I don't want to stigmatize being polyamorous, but it definitely is not a lifestyle that is often talked about and shared publicly with people. So I appreciate Rachel coming on. I had a great time talking to her again and uh, getting to know A little bit more about the world of polyamory so uh before we get to our episode rachel real quick uh there are a few things you can do to help out the show all right we record in a studio now so we have youtube videos right if you want to watch the show go to the youtube page it's right in the description uh or just search on youtube shooters gotta shoot podcast you'll find us you can watch our episodes there and subscribe it's free it's a free thing you could do that helps us out all right and uh, also, if you want a behind the scenes on the show, you can join our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Gotta Shoot. I had an emotional episode this week. I found out some stuff that just hit me in a weird way. And I'll be honest with you guys, I've been feeling a little bit down lately. And I open up about that stuff just on the private Patreon. So if you want to hear about that. It's patreon.com slash shooter Gotta Shoot, and there will be a preview at the end of this episode, if you want a little taste. So, without further ado, let's get to our guest. You can say I'm
2: crazy if I want to. That's true. I'm crazy about you. You can see I'm breaking down inside. inside. I can see you with another.
1: Has launched her own podcast called The Right Conversations. You might remember her from a past episode of our podcast before. She's a licensed relationship and sex therapist. Everybody, please welcome the great Rachel Rye. Hey, thanks. thanks. I'm so excited to be back. Oh, thank you. And we have an extra surprise. We do. Somewhat <laughs> unplanned, but I'm very excited. We have one of your partners here. We, we do. have Yair Lechner, who is a private chef. I am, hi. Hello, welcome to the show. Surprise, you.
0: you're on a podcast. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> well, he was going to be here listening, and then it it's kind true. of feels it's weird true. to yeah. be talking about
0: someone. When they're sitting watching. Yeah, and they don't have a little bit of stake to yeah. just chime in. Yeah, now you, know? you can, you know, hold me accountable, keep me keep me honest.
2: <laughs> I was thinking more to defend myself, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think also.
0: Uh, so guys, if you haven't listened to our first episode,
1: Rachel, it's number 89, it's called Polyamory One-on-One. Uh, she was one of our guests we had on that talked about being ethically non-monogamous and polyamorous. And so we have some updates. We do. For the fans. But do we need to give a quick, quick background? Sure. So yeah. Last time you were on, you had, you were married yes. to your partner. And then during the pandemic, opened your relationship.
0: So we opened our relationship pre-pandemic, but we met these guys who... The, I'll get to that. We opened our relationship <laughs> in 2019, right? And then March of 2020 met Gayer and his then wife Ashley, um, and we dated without touching, mm. like fully, da- like Orthodox Jewish style, like in person at all. Yeah, we oh, did wow, like okay. two Zoom dates, yeah, two yeah, Zoom yeah. dates before we met in person,
2: something like that. Forgot maybe yeah, something like that. And then
0: we met and sat six feet apart. Like, brought our own wine, so we didn't have to like share shit. It right. was. Fully COVID-friendly, like, touched toes from, like, six feet. It was wild. So,
1: the first dates were for some dates. Yes. So, not even one-on-one.
0: No, we would, like, branch wow. off, like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And one other person would be like, oh, I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, we'd, like, take a long walk around Domino yeah. Park to the bathroom. So, like, we had little branch-off dates. Right. Um, And then... We wanted to touch each other, so we got an Airbnb and touched each other for a few days and then uh, quarantined (laughs) for 14 days so that we could go back home. I mean, I'm on for it. And now we uh, are getting divorced in a positive way uh, from our our original original spouses. Uh, and the four of us are doing life together and we live in a oh, house okay. together and we're all really happy and it's wonderful.
1: Okay. So it's like just a legal
2: splitting. Oh yeah, 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 it's a, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like amicable divorce. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the idea being that at some point we can have, uh, domestic partnerships that involve more than just the two of us. Uh, we're like working with a lawyer to try and figure out how to do that legally.
1: Interesting. Uh, but
2: step one is, uh, divorces and a divorce party and all you know, that kind of thing.
1: Divorce party. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. All, all right. right.
2: Yeah, throw another one in the mix. You never
0: know who you meet. Well, and (laughs) and Ashley and the year didn't get to have... Their wedding was supposed to be during COVID. And so... Oh, wow, so you never did... They're legally married, but they didn't get the reception and the hoo-ha, the hoopla, and the, you know... She didn't even get to wear her wedding dress. So we're going to have, like, a divorce party that is slash a wedding.
2: Yeah, it was actually pretty anticlimactic. We went to City Hall and sort of kept it a secret and just did it our thing. And then the wedding got postponed... And we all of a sudden, we had to tell people, like, actually, we're, we're married. Uh, I know you didn't show up to it, but uh. and, like, yeah. we had to, like, come clean. It was, like, three months earlier, so it's right. kind of a... But anyway, we never got to celebrate. So instead, we we'll a divorce party.
1: Okay. So, yeah. a quick, so a quick breakdown of the ties of the relationship that were from the past yes. episode. You explained it to me like it was a Z. Yes. And so essentially, we have you and your husband, Kyle. Yep. And then we have you, Yair, and your wife, Ashley. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so, Rachel, you date both your husband, Yair, and the female, Ashley. And then Ashley, same thing. Both men and you. Yep. But then the two men just don't date. Correct. So that's the Z with the dotted line. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. I figured it out. Yep. I love it. I might be monogamous, but I I can (laughs) learn things. Keep
0: up. I can learn stuff. (laughs) It's so interesting, too, because, like, the first question, Yair and Kyle call each other partners because the reality is, like, we all share bank accounts. We all share a home, we share a dog, like the the only thing that they're not doing is romancing each other and having right. sex. So like they're still partners, but yet the first question that I get asked from people is, do you and Kyle have sex? Fun funny that it's like what R- do like, they care. always the first question. I, always the first question. Yeah. Like one of these times I'm just gonna say yes and see what happens because like I'm constantly like, no, no they're not, no they're not. And I just want to see like what one person responds like if I say yes they do. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know what's going to think, you
1: know? Right. Okay. So, also since our last episode. Yeah. At that time, you and your husband moved to be closer location-wise to yeah. Yair and uh, Ashley. Yes. And then now, you all live together in the same house. We do. And before that, literally, I think right after our episode came out, I suddenly saw on Instagram that you proposed to Ashley. I did. And I remember being like, oh, what's the process of this? Of <laughs> Both of you guys are married, and then now a proposal has happened.
0: And then, like, did anyone else get proposed to? So it's an interesting question. I think that, you know, out of all of the different dyads, the like one on one relationships, mine and Ashley gets forgotten the most. Because we're so heteronormative in our culture, people automatically are like, oh, wife swap or this, you know, like they just kind of interchange us. And so it's forgotten that she and I are also in love and have sex. And, you know, if I could make a baby with Ashley, I would make a baby with Ashley. Mm -hmm. Science doesn't support me in doing that yet. But, you know, (laughs) so it was really important to me that I got ahead of that and really validated our commitment to each other mm, okay. um so i talked to a and got his blessing you know as the
2: make it sound so old school and southern <laughs> or something
0: right? well, you know that's the legal yeah i was like whose blessing do you get do you get yeah. her dad's and yeah, yours? Right, yeah yeah basically everybody i told her mom uh kyle knew and yeah i got down on one knee never thought in my life i would do that it was so fun yeah it was really cool i had a whole elaborate thing planned and then the boys came up and surprised her and we I'm had sure dinner to together. It was it was wonderful.
1: Now, when you refer to, I guess, your group, do you just say a family? Yeah, I would assume? our family. Okay. I just want to make sure before yeah. I'm like, so you're a family. And you're like, it's not a family. It's <laughs> yeah. technically a commune. Uh, then I'd be like, I don't know. I'm trying, you know. <laughs>
0: no, fam- family. is family's, <laughs> family's
1: great. I thought that wouldn't be offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was the right you thing were to correct. say. <laughs> okay. So a question I had for all you guys is, one, do you want kids? And then two, how do you navigate? Or is it almost by chance of like, look, we're both getting with both people? Whatever happens, happens.
0: You want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure, I, I'll I'll get started. Kay. So, first question: uh, Do you guys want kids? Yes. yes. So, everyone, every all four people want
2: kids. We yeah. want kids. Okay. Um, we are sort of mid conversation about how exactly that's going to happen. We um uh, we are not super tied to who is whose parent and who is you know, whose blood is in, who's, who's, you know, whose sperm made the actual babies and this and that. We do know that the two moms each want to have one kid. They, we know that they want to do that together, mm-hmm. like at the same time, go through that together. Ideally. Um, oh, okay, yeah. And Ideally, right. Assuming everyone's healthy and assuming everyone yes. can do that. Uh, that's obviously not a given, but like, you know, assuming that can happen. Um, and beyond that, we're sort of in the middle of figuring out the rest, Uh I think that there's a lot that's very appealing about just sort of uh, like you said, you know, let it ha- pull the goalie and uh, Leo, yeah. see, uh, see where the pucks go. And
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys seem to be having sex enough. You yeah. Know? You know, we'll yeah, figure exactly. it out. We'll figure enough it out. People. <laughs> yeah. So it's, something, you know, someone will strike gold. Exactly. You know, so, was at some point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's so that's where we're at. Uh, And the and the idea is that no matter what, all four of us want to be parents to these two kids and all four of us want to raise these kids and all four of us want to be equally involved in these kids lives. Yeah. um,
0: And that's actually part of the reason why we decided to do these amicable divorces is so that we could all set up a legal structure to where we can be uh, parents and guardians of the kids together. Right. So,
1: like, like, even just the simple shit of like picking them up from school. Exactly. It's like, I don't have to always notify the school that this person's picking them up. It's like they have on a list that it's legal. Garbage. Bingo. Like,
2: I mean, there's they so have... many little things insurance. It's like, there's, y- yeah. you can't imagine like how far reaching uh, our society only has it set up for married couples and their biological kids. You have to jump through hoops to like yeah. do it's anything wild. outside of uh, of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Putting a lot of work into that part,
0: which is so crazy, like for four parents taking care of a kid. Like, have you ever heard a kid be like, you know, it was hard about my childhood. I had too many people doting <laughs> on me. Like I had too many people that wanted to play games yeah. with me. I was just too loved. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be wonderful. Yeah. How, so how are you deciding um, last names for children? That we have not figured out. Okay. In fact, my mom asked that question just recently yeah. and all of us went. Oh shit! Well, yeah, because
1: between the four of you, there is only two last names, correct? Three. Oh, there is three. Yeah, so
0: yeah, here
2: and his wife didn't.
0: Yeah, yep. we have yeah. Lunchner, Giddens, and Wright. Um, okay. And I don't, I don't personally have a, I don't care.
2: Maybe we should make up a new one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like pick a cool one or something. New one. Yeah, I don't know what qualifies as a cool last name. Maybe that's the move. Kind
0: of, you know, a lot of a lot of the ways that we make decisions between the four of us is like, who cares the most, right? Because like mm. there are some topics that. I, For example, this one, like, I I really don't care. I feel very indifferent about it. And so I'm not going to be like, I have this opinion when, like, I actually don't give a shit. Uh And so I would probably remove myself and ask, like, who actually cares about this? And then let those two or three people... Discuss and then we can come to an agreement. And-
1: yeah, I mean, also now it's so common that women don't change exactly. name. So already there's a lot of kids with their mother technically has a different last yep. name, et cetera, et cetera. Yep.
0: One
2: Yeah, One of my best friends um, took his wife's name because she was going to be the only, om- she was going, she was in a family where the sons were unable to have kids and the name was going to die. Right. And he was not. He also was not particularly tied to it, and so he he took her name. This was like we were all supportive and and all. Of yeah, that. So of it, course, it, it happens all the time now.
1: I can, can I? I can't imagine like a group of polyamorous people being like that's so that's fucked terrible. up.
2: <laughs> God,
1: they're just just abandoning tradition. Yeah. How dare they? Yeah, how <laughs> <Yeah. I'll> dare. <laughs> okay, uh, well, I was curious because I, I know you have a lot of clients that are also ethically non-monogamous. Yeah, that I would assume the kind of the hurdle of having kids. And being in open relationships of some kind yeah. is, I guess, the biggest obstacle or challenge or maybe, like, I almost want to say least accepting part of the scenario. Like, I feel like most people look at polyamorous couples and go, Yep, yeah, do whatever you want. I don't care. But then suddenly when kids come into the discussion, that's when people suddenly go, that's not right.
0: Yep. And it's exactly the conversation around being gay. Mm -hmm. Right. Like 50 years ago, what you just said was exactly the conversation around not being heterosexual Mm. is like, yeah, do what you want. But then like if you want to have kids, like what are you going to tell them that you like the same gender?
2: Yeah. I I mean, 50 years ago, still today. It's still harder to adopt. It's It's like it's still it's still an uphill battle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or the idea is you're, quote, going to raise your kid gay. Right. So they would say, are you going to, quote, raise your kid polyamorous? Right. Right.
0: And it's like, no, we'll raise our kid to be who they are. And mm -hmm. if that means that they're monogamous, great. If that means that they're asexual, great. If that means that they're polyamorous and want to be a big slut and be safe about it, great. Like, go be you in the world. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that's what we can all do as people who are child rearing is just, you know, encourage them to be themselves, not Put our own shit onto them of like, well, this worked for me, so it better work for you. Yeah. Which, by the way, you can be monogamous and slutty. I would
1: just like everyone yes. to know that. Also, that you can yep. you can just yes. be a huge slut and be monogamous yeah. if you want. Yep. You know. Yep. It's 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 how you define the word slut. That's <laughs> all I'm gonna say. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so also with this whole process of all you guys moving in and stuff, I saw you went and met like the families. Yeah. We've done like I guess the four-way kind of family meet and swap, mm-hmm. and so. How did you approach that with like first telling your parents that you now are in an open thing? Because I would assume a lot of people want to do this, but want to like keep that private from their family.
0: So it's really interesting. I I think that some parents hear this and they have this reaction of I don't need to know about your sex life. Yeah. Because there's an assumption that the open piece is just about sex. And for some people, that's the case, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're basically romantically monogamous, and then they go out and, like, have sex with random people and don't talk to them again. Mm-hmm. And that's totally cool. For me, that wasn't my particular brand of non-monogamy. Yeah. There was, there's some of that, but there's the and of, you know, now I have two more life partners than right. I did before, Um so for my parents specifically, and then I'll, I'll toss it over to you for your experience. Um, my parents, when I told them that I identified as polyamorous, like as an orientation, they were like, oh, yeah, no, that tracks like that. Wow. That makes sense. And because what they saw me do was either cheat on someone or be a serial monogamous. Mm-hmm. Like I would be with someone until I found someone else and then like leap to that person. Mm-hmm. And really what I didn't understand was like, why can't I have both? Right. Like, I, I truly didn't understand what was so wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And so they, they they were like, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, that's cool. And my mom asked, you know, it, what does that mean for you and Kyle? And I'm like, at the time, nothing is going to change. Like, mm-hmm. we're still going to be living together. We're still going to be doing this. We're and and that's still true. Yeah. Um. So my parents were great. And my they recently got to meet my dad and. He welcomed them into the family, which was super sweet. And, you know, we're all in a group text together. And my brother's great. And yeah, my family was just kind of like, "Well, oh, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> like the, <laughs> by this point, they're like, that's cool. Yeah, that's lovely.
1: Yeah. Or um, suddenly your, your parents might be like, oh, double the chance at grandparents, you know, grandkids. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and more the merrier, you know. Yeah. How did your family take it?
2: Um, very accepting. I think that the. The the line from my mom was, I need some time to digest this, I think was how mm-hmm. she put it. Of mm-hmm. course, it's how she put it. She's also a chef, you know, in food <laughs> terms. Um, but basically very well. And they've uh, there was a little bit of an adjustment period for my for my mom. My dad was much quicker to sort of just say, like, all right, well, fuck it. You know, that's that's yeah. fine. Um, uh, he didn't really care. He's he he's always tried very hard to just. Uh, take a very hands-off approach like that like if that works for you then that's great like mm-hmm. i don't really need to say anything else um uh, but they've been very supportive and since then like we talked to them very early we talked to them that first summer yeah like two months in or something like that and again yeah. the big difference was we weren't sharing about our sex lives so it wasn't about keeping private like if i was dating somebody and it got serious in the first two or three months i'd probably tell my parents about it mm. we might not all go to brunch just yet but like it was covid i didn't have to make that decision. Yeah. Uh, thank god. Oh, thank god for covid. Yeah. Um, you know, so just to adjust that timeline, we did recently meet some of those in-laws, but we've all known about they've all known about it now for a full 2 years. Yeah. Um, but like
1: this was the first you told your parents that you were being open in your when marriage. When i told them,
2: yeah, when we when we first told them 2 or 3 months in, uh which i guess was 2020. Yeah. Yeah, uh, summer of 2020 we talked to them and my parents were like I said, mostly warm is, and accepting with that small. Is hesitation. that when they
0: learned that you and Ashley were non-monogamous?
2: Oh, um, no.
1: So they knew before you were dating Rachel and her husband. Yeah. Okay. But up
2: until that point, I think there was sort of a an assumption that it was more of a sex life conversation, more mm. so than than I'm out there looking for more love or something like that. I think that that piece was a shift for them. Mm -hmm. They're like this is not just i'm not just sharing with you about my sex life right um
0: and now it's wonderful like we've traveled together we spent a week over the holidays at his parents house up in the country it's they're just wonderful people Mm -hmm. and i love them so much
1: i'm curious if you know your outside relationships were just the casual sex open do you think you wouldn't tell your families and you would just be like you "You know what they don't need to know like
2: if i had a a Casual like if you, sex partner for two and a half years that I had dinner with all the time. You mean like that? I, I guess. No, uh, where, I do mean, we, where are we drawing that line?
0: Uh, I guess. Uh, like if I'm just going out and like fucking people. Yeah, I guess not the level you're at
2: well, of so, uh, so
1: relationship, it, like boyfriend girlfriend.
2: We're on dating apps. Mm-hmm. My parents don't know about that. Yeah, like they may I guess know. They may not. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, hey, mom. <laughs> but what I mean is like that. I'm not sharing that. I'm not sharing right. that. Like maybe I'll you know go meet somebody on Tuesday. I'm mm-hmm. sharing that. I share that with my parents. Oh, you, okay. you share yeah. everything with the whole world. I mean, so.
0: Okay, not everything. <laughs> yeah,
2: let's get into it. No,
0: but like my, I, <laughs> right. I okay. enjoy sharing. You know, my mom is also dating, um, and so I like being mm-hmm. able to share stories with her, and you know, yeah. be able to talk like that. Now that I am actually at an appropriate age to talk about that with her, and. My dad doesn't really have an interest in hearing. He'll just make really awkward jokes. So I tend not mm-hmm. to share all the things because oh, yeah. he'll say something offensive on accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. No, I
1: assume so. <laughs> uh, I know my mom listens to this and my Patreon. And mm. it's funny it's nice. really, that she like loves it. She's like, I feel like we're closer than ever before. <laughs> and I'm like, you shouldn't know any of this. <laughs> um, but it's made her be cooler about stuff Yeah, because she realized how much I never told her.
2: Mm. and I think that
1: like almost kind of hurt her a little yeah where she was like oh wow this kid really told me nothing about dating relationships any of that stuff and it was like yeah cause you'd freak out I'd tell you this much and you'd freak out and I told her that and so my sister tells her way more than I do cause I was like just don't freak out I was like cause a lot of times we're only telling you a sliver sliver of the story engaging, yep. and, and then going yeah no no, it's good I'll keep I'm it in the vault yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. 100% or there's two things parents always do this drove me nuts I would hate when I'd be like do not tell dad and it would be the smallest thing, but you remember when you're young and then you find out your dad knows. He yeah. makes a comment you're like you. are like betrayed. And, exactly. Yes. And it's like, it's when over. you're young, it's like, yeah, it was a dumb, cute thing. Doesn't matter. And it thinks it's funny, but it's like, no, but there's something to being like, this was your test. Yep.
0: And you failed. Now I don't tell you anything. Yeah.
1: No, not at all. Um, oh God, that was like one of some of the other questions I have. Uh, I was going to say, what are some, I guess, kind of the accusations people kind of throw at you or like what are the common... I guess, negative comments people make Mm. towards being a polyamorous couple.
0: I think a lot of the I get the you must be jealous all the time or frankly, it's less it's less shitty assumptions about me and more people projecting themselves into my life. So comments like, oh, I could never do that. And I'm like, I didn't ask you if you could. Yeah. Like that, it's uh and and sharing about, you know, I use this analogy all the time of like we have so many friends and our society has accepted that, that is okay. Mm-hmm. And if we lived in a society where having one friend was the norm, and you were like, actually, I'm someone that likes to have four best friends. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, Oh my God, I could never have four friends you'd be like what what? Yeah. But if that's the norm, that's the norm. And so we're all just conditioned to have this mononormative like there's one position for the romantic and sexual partner mm-hmm. of a person. So this like I could never do that thing gets tossed in a lot. Um that I'm too jealous of a person. Oh, you must not be jealous. Mm. Is something gets that gets tossed in and I'm like <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm that's not true. Um yeah. And I, I, I mean I, I
2: I don't get any negative, like no one is out there bullying me, you know, on, yeah. on a routine basis here. Um, but I would say the, the kinds of things I might get are, yeah, that's totally fine, but maybe the four of you shouldn't come to this event or like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's totally that fine, it, but then yes. only two people get invited to mm. the bar, family bar mitzvah or whatever or, or or wedding or whatever it is. Weddings are tough. Um Yeah. Uh, but it's never, it's never super.
0: It's not out of hate.
2: Yeah, I. Think well, I was people... like wedding,
1: It might just be like you know, it's already hard enough handing out those plus ones. Exactly. Right. exactly. Now it's a plus three. That's yes. a lot of money. Exactly. Right. That's a lot of money getting thrown out. You exactly. Know?
0: Yeah. That's yeah.
1: you know, do your rotation, and whoever's in the rotation. That's is the literally plus what one. we do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: I think the issues, I think
1: like <laughs> I'm all... like weddings. I understand. I'll, I'll throw yeah. them a bone. Yep. But I, I totally also get like right. a, like a child's party of some kind. So whether it's bar mitzvah thirteen or you know now that you're planning on having kids. There probably will be parents at your yeah. school that will be all like, "Wow," and it, and it's and it will break.
0: I don't your want heart that if, around
2: my kids, things right. like that, right? And that's and and, and you that's don't want tough. your
1: kid to be excluded because of it yes. either, which yes. I feel like will be the
0: hardest part. One hundred percent, and I'm ready to cross that bridge. That's for future Rachel to yeah. navigate. Right now, I'm like,
2: mm-hmm. uh, so we talked about telling my parents. We I also told a bunch of my extended family, um, in part because uh, we do lead relatively public lives. Rachel, especially, yeah, and um. It felt like I needed to tell not just my parents, but my family and cousins who were going to be seeing this, you mm-hmm. know, that I'm very close with. Um, and not all of them were uh, had the same response. One of them, uh, uh, one of my cousins, actually told us like not to talk to the kids about it and to hide that from the kids. We're not, you know, we don't want to talk to them about it. We don't want them to grow up that way. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh, and so that's sort of the 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 flavor of the the most negative stuff that I get is mm-hmm. like it's all fine just like can you do that like over there
0: which please? for me as both personally and professionally is like a very personally it's a very triggering thing for me professionally it's like a Ugh, thing for me mm-hmm. um because uh, shutting down who i am and like changing aspects of myself to not uh Make people uncomfortable, you know. I I was a very boisterous, loud theater kid who like loved laying on people and you know cuddling and giving massages and blah, blah, blah. And I was asked to theater kid shit by the way. Exactly. I was in theater. Thank you. We had a lot of massage trains going (laughs) on. All the massage trains. It's a thing. It's It's, it's you just want to touch each other and it feels good and it's great. Room full of extroverts. Yeah. A lot. Just a lot going on. It's so much going on. (laughs) So (laughs) much going on. So like oftentimes people be like, okay, Rach, like you got to turn that down today. We're like at X Y Z event. Mm -hmm. And I wound up developing panic disorder because of things like that over and over and over again. And so while I have worked through that enough to where like I did not have a panic attack when this was said, it still is a very triggering thing for me to to have the feeling that someone is watching me to not be me. Mm -hmm. And from then a professional perspective as a therapist, I'm like, can we not? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like, can can we just this is unhealthy this is not yeah. healthy like yeah. y- y- your kid knowing about non-monogamy is not going to make them non-monogamous just like the, your kid knowing about bisexuality or or the or genders- choice or, or yeah. gender the gender fluidity is not going to change who they are it's mm-hmm. going to let them know that there is something else besides cisgender heterosexual monogamy mm-hmm And that's just the truth. Mm -hmm. That's not convincing them of something. That's not anything. That's just like the sky is blue. Right.
1: I mean, I I do understand, obviously, the monogamous perspective. And partly just it's confusing, Mm -hmm. especially if, uh, you know, you come from a more religious family and everything that's being taught essentially is indirectly also heterosexual, Mm -hmm. even though most, you know, religious organizations are like, oh, we're accepting of gay people, but they still can't get married there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's like every Bible story is accepting a man and a woman, or you say when two people are married and da, da, da. So it's like, it makes people have to basically backtrack all the stuff they've already taught. And I'm yep. not saying that's right or wrong, but it's it's like, I get it of like, man, kids already ask a lot of questions. <laughs> and you're like, I gotta explain this and I don't even know
0: well, what's and that's, happening. That's you know? frankly why we need more representation of non-monogamy, of queerness, of gender yeah. fluidity in kids books, in TV, in media, Mm -hmm. because if it were out there just as much as everything else, then it wouldn't be a big deal. Like, there's a great book. I think it's called uh, a color named love or something like that. And it's a it's a kid's book about polyamory. And it's really, really cool. And if we had that in terms of fluid sexuality, and of course, we're not teaching kids. When I say fluid sexuality, I don't mean teaching a four year old about intercourse Mm -hmm. but what i mean is saying you know some women like women some boys like boys some people are non-binary and they may like anyone right like Mm -hmm. whatever the combination is and and explaining the difference between gender and sexuality and we don't even have to use the word sexuality if it's like oh but it has sex in it Mm -hmm. it's like okay who they like yeah right right like that that's that's all we're talking about and we know that kids like as young as three and four have crushes Mm -hmm. right like I had a crush in preschool and kindergarten and so we can use that language we don't have to say like the sexual orientation of that human on the gender Mm -hmm. spike like yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah no I get it it's uh funny that you bring up people like a representation of I went and saw that movie Lightyear recently and, and I didn't know this till then I was at a family party and I was like, oh, I saw Lightyear, it was great. And then someone was like, yeah, I heard they made Buzz Lightyear gay. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I just like never saw whatever article they're talking about. But apparently there were all these articles about not him, his f- best friend in the movie is a woman and she is gay and ends up having a female partner. But it's never like, she's gay. It's not loud. It's just like
0: it's just through that. the movie she has
1: this partner. They suddenly have a kid. And it's like, really? No sexuality shown? There's like one kiss shown. And people are blowing up a bit about it. See,
0: and that's exactly what the representation it needs to be. It's just like, put it there. You yeah. don't even have to be like, look, there's a gay person in the movie. Or mm-hmm. like, look, they have more than one partner. If it just was, then it normalizes it. And the right. reason why people are like, I don't want to explain this to my kids is, is because of what you're saying. It's so much fucking work mm-hmm. to have to explain social norms to a five-year-old. Right. Like, you can't. To, to explain like what a social construct is, is like not an mm-hmm. easy thing to do. And frankly, we don't get taught how to communicate at all in school. So most of us, I mean, I learned how to communicate in a master's program to become a therapist. Right. Like most people don't know how to effectively communicate. And that's not their fault. It's our stupid society's fault that we don't <laughs> teach it. And so then they're at a loss of like, even if they want to teach their kids mm-hmm. about this stuff, they simply don't know the word, like the literal words to say. Yeah. And it's like uh, year has two wives. Like, nope, that's a polygon. Like that. Nope. We're not mm-hmm. Mormon. Like that's not what's going on. Like, a- a- and it's, it's hard I- if you don't have the language, it's really hard. Yeah.
2: and And to be fair, like, it's a lot to put on a parent to explain all of that, yeah. and they need a little bit of support. Uh, God forbid we should beef up the sex ed curriculums and like <laughs> ha- give them a little bit of a head start so they're not starting from scratch with what they learned 40 years ago in their 40-year-old sex ed program or whatever oh, it is. God. I mean, a lot
1: are sadly abstinence only education. It's terrible. They don't teach anything. The good
2: sex ed programs are still not that good. Yeah. Still, you know, woefully underpreparing kids for all of these kinds of conversations and then woefully underpreparing the parents to have them with those kids. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, uh, More representation in movies, books, all of that stuff, again, take some of that weight off of the parents and those. Scary conversations. I don't blame them for feeling scared. Like that's that that's a, those are hard conversations to have.
0: Yeah. yeah, and and frankly, going back to like the why are you talking to me about your sex life thing is that if that thought is already there, then that person thinks that they're talking to their kids about someone else's sex life, and like right. that doesn't make sense. No. So like, unless the concept is understood by the adult in the situation, there's no fucking way that they're going to be able to explain it to the mm-hmm. kid.
1: Well, everything's about attitude. Like, I mean, talk about sex ed. I. I have herpes, and when I have to disclose that to partners, there's so many people that know just nothing about. Nothing. It. And I forget every time I disclose to a new person. I'm like, oh yeah, most people know nothing. Like you just forget. Also, just living in New York, it's like, oh, people are so progressive here; they know things. Hmm. And then you always just constantly run into people You're like you don't know shit. Um, have
0: you ever had the experience where you disclose and the person says, "Oh, I don't," but I get cold sores on my mouth. Oh, this yeah, yeah.
1: Not even, like, me disclosing, just, like, friends. Yeah, Mm -hmm. What is that? They're like, oh, I get mouth herpes. I'm like, it's You're like, that is herpes. That is is just herpes. (laughs) It's the same thing. I'm like, that's what I have. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, you can get it in other places. (laughs) Like, that's the biggest thing people don't know is, like, if they get cold sores, I'm like, you can pass that to, like, your partner's genitals. Correct. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So just be a little careful. (laughs) But, like, in the same way, it's like, that's, you know, that's my frustration is, like, how we treat cold sores on your face is how we should treat general herpes. It's the same thing. Correct. Because people are like, Well, dude, it's someone that got cold sores. I'm like, Yeah, and they just went, Yeah, if I feel it coming, no kissing, and you're like, cool. Right. And I was like, that's kind of the end. Well, and STIs are just like,
0: you know, colds or strep throat. A lot of times. Yeah. Like if they're treatable with antibiotics, like we're literally talking about the same thing. Like mm-hmm. it, I had strep throat, made out with him, he gets strep throat. And uh, we take an antibiotic, and then we're good. If I got chlamydia and we had sex, he may get chlamydia. We take an antibiotic, and then we're good. Yeah. But yet, one of those is like, "Oh, that's so sad, you have strep throat," and the other is like, oh,
1: "You got chlamydia. Yeah, you ruined your life.
0: Yeah, yeah." And it's like,
1: yeah, now it's- you're a slut. Now you're a yeah, real yeah. slut. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, you can get strep throat from also fucking. Yeah, and i just like everyone to know that. Yeah. Um, crap! I forgot what my train of thought was about. <laughs> I <It> was like <laughs> herpes education. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, I had this question for you guys in general. Of which, what would you say to someone that says, uh, "You know, oh, you're polyamorous. Like, why don't you just cheat?" (laughs) Or they see it as like, "Oh, you just were cheaters in your past relationships, and but now you're polyamorous, so it's just this like cover up for just you just want to cheat, you dirty cheaters (laughs) or whatever,
2: cheater fucker." Well, I would start uh, with, "Well, you're partly right." Uh, I, 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 you know, uh, I, I'd start there probably. Um, uh, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people uh, have had my experience, which is that they have been cheaters in the past, and sort of because um, the norms. Right, you, you, it's it wasn't okay, mm-hmm. and I knew for myself that some of the stuff that I was doing wasn't affecting the relationship that I was in. Of course, it was because it was unhealthy and it mm-hmm. wasn't honest. The, the dishonesty was, um, uh, and I sort of later figured out that all of those pieces put together actually meant something else and not just that I was this shitty person who couldn't, you know, couldn't keep my dick in my pants and blah 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 and all these other things. Yeah. Um, so I would start with, well, you know, that's in part true, but I would then talk to them about how cheating is about honesty not about having sex with a second human being um and so no it's not just an excuse to cheat it's a different setup where we're being honest with each other it's um just not the same thing it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of where i would start with there yeah That's
0: such such a good answer i i also think that i would add that you can cheat in non-monogamy mm-hmm. so like you were right. saying yes cheating is not about how many people you're having sex with. What cheating is, is breaking an agreement that you have with your partner.
1: And so, our last episode, you broke down, there's rules and there's agreements. Yes. And agreements is something, a deal you have with a partner mm-hmm. and a rule is above both of you. Exactly. Wow,
0: yeah. Erica. I love Listen, I'm up. I, I love up. it.
1: I'm becoming a therapist yeah. <laughs> by each episode. Thanks. I'm
0: trying. Love it. <laughs> Sorry, love but it. I cut off what you were No, saying. no, no. So if you have an agreement, like if, if Yair and I have an agreement that I'm not going to eat at uh, Sweet Green, with any other partner, Mm -hmm. and I take a partner to sweet green, I have betrayed the agreement of our relationship. Now, you may be like, oh my God, Rachel, sweet green. But like, that's that's cheating because Mm -hmm. I have literally done something that I said I would not do with someone else. That is exactly what happens in a monogamous relationship when someone has sex with someone else and doesn't tell their partner it's cheating. So like cheating itself is about lying to the person that you're with and breaking an agreement it's not about the quantity of humans that you are having meaningful experiences of pleasure with
1: true because in quote straight monogamous world not even straight just monogamous world let's say that there's always this thing of while you're dating the conversation of when are we exclusive when are we not seeing other people sleeping with other people and you know, New York City life is like until you have that conversation. You essentially assume they are right. And to, like, there's no way for you to know until the person says to you, "Hey, this is just me and you now," and well, you get that agreement.
0: And that's one of the things that I love about non-monogamy is that you have that conversation on your first date, on your hmm. very, very first date. It's like, what, what are we looking for here? Yeah, because there's no you. Like, for example, I don't. I have three primary partners. Mm-hmm. I do not want another primary partner, right? I do not want someone to move in with us. I don't want to raise kids with anyone else. So if someone is looking for a primary partner, I am not the person Mm -hmm. that conversation needs to happen either before the first date or on the first date.
1: Right. Because also the branch of ethical non monogamy is so big. Yes. It's, you know, some people might be in the just, oh, romantically, I'm with one person, sexually, I'm with others. Exactly.
2: And it's more than just that. Frankly, that's in the monogamous world too, right? So on Tinder, there's really only two options, right? The option is are we going to fuck tonight and maybe a couple more times because it was fun? Or are we going to fuck a bunch of times and also date, but with the intention of getting married and proceeding in that direction? And there's really only a couple of directions to go in in monogamy. Mm -hmm. It's either we're going to be serious or we're not going to be serious. And, uh, there that's kind of it there's a couple of gray areas but for the most part like you said when we're ready to be exclusive we'll be exclusives so like mm-hmm. that's one path towards exclusivity and the other path is well i'm single and i'm gonna do all this other stuff yeah but in non-monogamy it's not just binarily sex or moving into a house in westchester together you know there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of in-betweens there too there's uh i mean like i said we're on dating apps there are uh, some of us are dating um and you know with some feelings some of us are not some of us are doing things more casually, and and those things are also not all created equal just because they aren't necessarily fully casual or fully committed doesn't mean there isn't anything between. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah. It also changes what the word commitment means because in in monogamy, commitment generally is synonymous to exclusivity and monogamy. Mm -hmm. But I'm in a committed relationship with all three people. And frankly, if we zoom out and really look at the relationships or relationships or relationships thing, I'm in a committed relationship with my friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that is a committed relationship. I'm committed to maintaining this relationship. Right. And so if you ask yourself, OK, what does commitment mean? Most people have trouble answering that question mm-hmm. when the answer is not monogamy and exclusivity. Right.
1: Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, It's it's interesting. Of, I think I saw it might have even been a TikTok trend. I saw this question. It was like, what is cheating mean to you in a relationship? And the answers were across the board. Like, some people, they're like, if you're DMing girls, just chatting to them, or men, whoever. Like, the line, I think, truly is different for each person. Yeah. And it's like, when you break it down on a smaller scale like that, like, that's where me and all my monogamous friends would debate. Like, we all would not agree what is cheating. Right, and do you get to just- People say porn is dis-
2: cheating. There's, a, yeah. there's, there's yes. that answer. Some people think yeah. like
1: porn. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: I've been a terrible person my whole life. Okay. <laughs> 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 Since I was 12. I was- and <laughs> that's, yeah.
0: well, And that's why making agreements is so important. And in monogamy- that is not something that I learned to do. That is something that's a skill that I learned in non-monogamy, right? Like I didn't sit down and be like, okay, this is what cheating is to me. What is cheating to you in my monogamous relationships? And yeah. then coming up with agreements of, okay, cool. Yeah. Like look at as much porn as you want. DM the, blah, blah, blah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the line is here. And that conversation didn't really ever happen until it was crossed
1: exactly i think most couples never touch on that when suddenly someone saying you cheated on me and the other person saying no i didn't didn't. exactly
0: and in non-monogamy that's like very very early on Mm -hmm. you're you're setting up agreements and what it means and what the scope of the relationship is et cetera, et cetera.
1: right yeah it's very true and always always happens when it's crossed but it's almost like the the physical line of crossing is like the unwritten one yes in the monogamous world yes Mm -hmm. but it's like there's plenty of i was just stating someone that uh, was re-becoming friends with their ex and hanging out with their ex a lot. Mm. And I was like, not being like, oh, this is cheating. But I finally just was like, hey, um, I feel like you hang out with your ex more than me. And you talk to them more than me. And they didn't argue that. And I didn't go, this is cheating. But I basically was like, this is <laughs> I don't like a it. boundary yeah. that I don't like. yeah, And I can't make you not do this. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it was like, well, then this isn't the relationship for me. Right. I can't do you and your ex hanging out one-on-one. Yep. All the time.
2: So I mean, welcome to our coffee table. That's <laughs> uh, that's how we do it. I and mean, now, I'm yeah. not at that, we don't draw our line there. But that's right. exactly how we do it. Is this something that is a non-starter for me? Is this something I'm uncomfortable with? But I'm willing to work through. Is this something that's totally cool and I don't actually need to even know when it happens? You can mm-hmm. just kind of do it. You know, like I don't need to know every single time you swipe right on Tinder. I do not need to be made aware of that. That's yeah. fine. I don't need to be made aware when there's a match. But like, I'd like to know somewhere between there and we're in a fully committed relationship. We've been having sex for three weeks. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I, I, like, I'd yeah, like to know yeah, yeah. And I think everyone has their line. Um, you know, people also, how many dates with a person of uh, of mm-hmm. an opposite gender without making out before that's called cheating? How many times going to the movies with a you know with a female best friend if you're you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody has... Like, again, we don't usually have those conversations until you've been to the movies three times and someone feels weird about it. Um, right. And we do that also. You know, we learn with by experience. But a oh, lot yeah. of those conversations... We, we do our very best to be as thorough as possible f- before we get started. Um, I have a question. Yeah. yeah.
1: Has anyone in your family ever vetoed someone dating someone else? No. Never?
0: No.
2: No. Yeah, no.
0: We don't... Uh...
2: Veto is an interesting word. Uh, I don't
1: know what. No, no, no. no, no. That's That's
0: actually the word. So I was kind of like,
1: is there a system for that? What if there's someone let's let's specifically say there's an X that comes in the picture. Right. And Mm. it's like, you know what? So no. Like
2: in theory, everyone has veto power in the sense that not in the sense of using that power to talk about when you're uncomfortable. And this one is it is not okay. But like in theory, if you came to your partner and said, like, this is making me so deeply uncomfortable that I don't really know what to do with myself. Mm like i would like to think that you, that that would weigh as heavily as a veto uh, like it wouldn't uh, we don't veto i don't know what to say we don't we, that's not how we do it so if well, i was or deep, it, hasn't it, had, it, it, hasn't it hasn't come it's, up it's, if, but it's if, a fair it question makes, that oh, it's like if yes. i opened a relationship yeah.
1: with someone yes i feel like i would have some type so of lines or the
0: the issue with veto power is that it discounts the other person's humanity so like the idea that someone who doesn't know the other person can say I just don't want you to see them. It is challenging. Now, like you're saying it's a little different if you're if you say, you know, I follow this person that you're dating on Instagram and they posted this thing about how COVID's not real mm-hmm. and I I feel really uncomfortable about this and I I don't know really what to do with that. Yeah. That is a conversation where the person dating that person may say, oh, OK, actually, I don't this isn't worth it to me. I'll." But what I'll if end. it is worth it to them? Then it's a different conversation. Yeah. But I will say what you meant, what you asked about the ex. One of the agreements Kyle and I had when we first opened up our relationship was no one from our past. So, yeah, anybody, I would think no one from your past or for me, it would be nobody we know.
1: Mutually. Yeah. But that's because if I ever did open, my style open would not be full on relationships with other people.
0: Yeah, it was it was basically that. I mean, we had just recently moved to New York, so we luckily had like less of a um Yeah. We moved here in 2018. And so like our pool of people we knew together here was very small, Mm -hmm. which helped that. Right. Um, but we did agree like no one that we have dated or had hooked up with or were friends with benefit, like whatever it was, Mm -hmm. nobody like making a repeat appearance and being like, yes, I get to go back to this person like that would have yeah. felt shitty. Yeah. I would
1: just like I was just like the fans to know that even non-monogamous people say exes are a no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Yes. It didn't work out for a reason. and You should never hang out with them. And someone <laughs> tell that guy I was dating <laughs> anyway. <all right. laughs> OK, I have one kind of a, I think a little more fun question. So you're a therapist. Yes. You're very well-spoken. Even just this conversation we're all having, we're like, we approach it with, yeah, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I would love to know an example of what's a time that you kind of slipped up your communication and you didn't communicate like a
0: therapist? Oh, God. All the time? All the time. All the time. I, I'm a human. Um, I can th- Okay, so two that come to mind. One was like a conflict one, and one actually kind of relates to the, your last question. So there was a time Kyle and I were having a fight, and I am typically very good at, like, taking my space, which he hates, um, but taking my space and, like, getting my nervous system calmed down and then approaching it, like you're saying, very, like, I feel Mm -hmm. this emotion when Mm -hmm. da-da-da-da-da, and I'm like, I'm pretty good at doing that. I don't know what was happening this day. I truly cannot remember for the life of me. But I went into our bedroom and started throwing the clothes out of the dresser into the hallway and then proceeded to take the drawer out. And when I say throw, I don't mean actually throw because it was a very heavy wood drawer and I am not strong. (laughs) So it was more of like a shove of the of the thing. And I tossed tossed it we'll call it tossed. Kyle's gonna laugh when if and when he listens to this tossed it and he just looked at me and he goes what the fuck is wrong with you I mean yeah and I was like I don't know and I walked outside and like went on a walk around the block and then came back and just cried and I was like I'm so sorry I don't even know so I've done that and uh Yeager was um kind of seeing somebody and I I don't know what it was, but like, I could not shake this feeling that this person was like, icky. I I don't Mm. know what else to say. I don't, she's lovely. You got an ick. I'm sure she's lovely. I don't, I literally do not know her. Yeah. Sure. She's lovely. I was like, no, I, I, I just, everything in my, every fiber of my being was like, Oh, I can't believe he's having sex with her. I can't believe he's having sex. with Like, Mm. I like couldn't. And I most of the time was really good at sharing that in a healthy way, but I definitely had some moments where like a text would pop up and it would be from her. And I would like get kind of like snippy mm-hmm. for a minute instead of being like, I feel uncomfortable. I was like, Oh, text." But that's, but
1: that's such a beautiful example of like, we've all been there. Someone's getting texts from someone Yeah. that, you know, whether you're monogamous or not. Yes. And it's like, Yeah. What is the appropriate thing to say other than you just being like, I just don't want you fucking talking to this person. Like what? Right. What is the therapy, you know, filter for that?
0: So I I think really is taking a second to ask yourself what it is that you're feeling, literally the emotion that you're feeling when you see the text or the name Mm -hmm. pop up. So like for me, it was discomfort and jealousy because I wanted to be focused with him like our focus time in the car and I in my head when this text popped up on the screen I was like now he's going to be thinking what she texts him oh it's probably a nude picture now he's going to be thinking about the nude picture Mm. okay now we're not going to be able to talk because he's thinking about this chick naked I don't like this chick. right like and then I'm like Mm -hmm. down the road and I'm like can we just be present in the car and all of that turned into like a snippy comment Mm. so if I had just paused and said hey I felt a little uncomfortable when this text popped up can we mute your notifications for the rest of our drive yeah so that we can just like be together and then when we get home you can mm. go look at your probably nude photo like you, you know <laughs> what like whatever it is but really like just coming at it from a this is how I'm feeling this is how it you can help me not mm. feel this way okay. and then he can always say like no I mean he wouldn't he, he would probably yeah. say yes
2: but my but, I, but I, you know, I, I have that right, I suppose. But it, when it's brought to the table like that, uh, and also when the solution is a container like that, as in can you mute for the rest of the ride? Not can you never have a text message pop up ever again in my presence? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, so when it's brought up that way, I mean, we love each other. You tell me what you need to feel comfortable mm-hmm. uh, while we're together. I mean, there's very little I wouldn't do. Um, And that's come up in both directions, you know, where we try and set those sorts of containers. You know, we were on vacation recently, so that was a conversation, right? How much contact outside of us on vacation is there going to be things like that? Um, And we didn't always handle it super well. Um, I didn't always handle it super well. I was like, we?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Royal we? Uh, Uh,
1: Well, this is my question. If I was like a client of yours, how do I differentiate your that exact scenario and it being a gut feeling i have about the whole situation and what my partner's doing versus kind of identifying like oh this is just my own anxiety
0: oh, that's the well ahead. i was just going
2: to say i mean you have to sit with it and think about yeah. it i yeah. mean it's very easy to fall into the groove that your brain gives you right away right this i feel like throwing up well that means she's doing something wrong Right. Of course. Uh, And the next thing is, oh, I better fix this problem by telling her what to do rather than, okay, wait a second. Like a text popped up on the phone. Mm -hmm. Let's let's get a grip here. Like this is not, uh, you know, this is not an app. This is not a a five alarm fire. Like we're going to be okay. Uh, And so taking a second and trying to figure out where that feeling is coming from. Is this supposed to be my time? Is this supposed to be? Is it not really about that? Is it about something else? Is there something gut that I'm feeling? Um, But you have to sit with it. It it takes it takes a second.
0: Yeah. And talking it out. And that's why therapy is such a great container is like your therapist is trained to listen for patterns and trained to know your story and hear things that they can say, you know, that's so interesting. Um, Can you tell me about a time that you felt like that before? and often what we perceive as like intuition or gut feelings are past traumatic events mm-hmm. that are showing up passively and so we're not always <laughs> aware of that they're subconscious and a therapist can help kind of like bring those to light so a, a, an example of this is the the very first time in our relationship where year went out to um, go have a, a sexual date evening with someone else who i knew love adore this person. So like this was not a like icky thing. I like really care about this person. And I obviously love him. And my body was like, and you want to vomit and you're going to stay up and you're going to panic and you want to vomit all the time. And I was like, what is happening? Like, I love this person. I know he's safe. Like this is a I know she doesn't want to like kick me out and like take my place in the home. Like, why am I feeling this way? And it turns out That I was like projecting shit from my relationship when I was 19 years old with someone Mm. that uh, he happened to like bring up stuff around who that guy just disappeared out of my life. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, my subconscious was like, he's going to disappear out of my life. Mm. But like, I wasn't thinking that consciously. And the second that I was able to identify that with the help of my therapist could not have done that on my own Therapists need therapy if your therapist is not in therapy I would assume run. even just to vent about the clients because
1: yeah. you can't legally, it's like a it's like a circle Yes, mm-hmm. it's like a chain of, kind of everyone venting about the clients, <laughs> yeah. I would think oh, I would need to vent, yeah. that's why I couldn't, I couldn't be a therapist I'd be like, I gotta tell someone what this mm-hmm. client just said. Like
0: truly processing <laughs> everything and so then I was able to come to him and say, hey, I know that I'm having these reactions and I need you to know that they're actually not about you at all mm-hmm. like I am so supportive of you doing this, I know my body and face don't look like that right now, but that's actually not about you or this other person like I truly want this for you here's what's going on for me and then he was able to ask like okay how can I support you and really it was like not a lot because it was my own shit to work through but if I had not sat down and taken the time to like really process through that it would have been really easy for me to be like uh I just I'm uncomfortable with him going out I guess I'm not i mm-hmm. I must not be built for this.
2: But also landing at that answer did actually allow you to ask for things. It allows you to ask for hyper-specific That's reassurances, true. right? If you're, if you discover, once you do that work and figure out exactly what it was, you discover that you're scared of being, you know, deserted or you're scared of whatever the case is, you can then ask, can you reassure me that mm-hmm. you're not out there looking for another partner? Can you reassure me you're not trying to look for a replacement? Can you reassure me that I am sticking around, whatever, you know, whatever you need to hear.
0: And that led us to specifically that example led Yair and I to figuring out different um, like uh, physical tokens of commitment. So like at the time, well, we still don't. But at the time we had no uh, physical, you know, I had a ring from my wedding with Kyle. Right. I had a ring from Ashley because she had like counter proposed later on and I didn't have anything on my body that was Yair. Mm. And so this that conversation led to, hey, would it actually feel better if there was something on your body that reminds you of I'm not going anywhere? And so a lot of these things can actually lead to really productive and wonderful things that wouldn't have happened. If the person
1: tries to meet the need that you're showcasing, because I
0: had that scenario and I, and
1: they said, what can I do to reassure you? And I told them, that I just needed to hear from them more. And then they I heard from them less.
0: Well, and they, it's like, and it's you yeah. know, like, and th- then you're but like that's okay, the part bye. where people like
1: kind of wait around and it's like, yeah, that's no that's where the line is like, where do you pull the cord?
0: If you ask for a specific reassurance and that person is just simply unwilling to give it to you, that's they're just not trying. Exactly. Like they're just yeah. not. A- and you can even say, Hey, I asked for it. like you can do it one more time, right? Like I asked for this last Tuesday. And between last Tuesday and this Tuesday, I have actually uh, I perceived hearing from yeah. you less. Right. Um,
1: y- yeah. Sup? What <laughs> yeah. Because usually people are on their best behavior right away, right? And then it dies, right? So it's like when it when they never try is probably the most telling sign. Yeah. But, yeah. um I'm like, unfortunately, we do have to wrap this up. Damn. But this is so fun. I'm so excited you were, were able to come on. Thanks, up. Yeah, you were great. Uh, Babe, Surf Podcast. Tell everybody where they can find you.
0: Uh you can find me on Instagram. It's where I am most of the time at the Right Rachel. So the W R I G H T underscore R A C H E L. Um and my website is rachelrightnyc.com dot com. And uh as Erica said, my podcast is coming out. Uh it's called The Right Conversations, w r i g h t. Yeah,
1: check it out. And I'll put all the links in the description. And do you want to plug any of your socials, yeah?
2: No, not today. I'm all set. You're good? Thanks
1: so okay. much. Right. He <laughs> leaves a private life. He's a private chef in the private life. Exactly. Uh, and if you stay tuned, we have a Patreon preview coming up next, and you can follow us at Shooters Gotta Shoot Pod, and I'm at Sparica with two A's, and we will see you all next week. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. So, essentially, like, okay, two months after you were, quote, terrified of being in a relationship, you're now so excited to be seeing someone. And so it's like, oh, no, like, this isn't a you're not ready thing. It was just a you just didn't really um, like me that much. And it also just was a weird thing of like, I think I mentioned last week that Weirdly, like, after the Barcelona thing, like, I kind of was, like, thinking about him and missed him, and so, you know, there's been a handful of, like, times that I've just been frustrated and, you know, naturally would just think about him, kind of be like, man, that was really fun, and I wish things worked out. If you want to hear the rest of this episode, join our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Shoot. For the price of buying a coffee a month, you can help support the show, you get all the behind-the-scenes content, and we answer your questions. Patreon.com slash shoot.